Welcome to this edition of Catch Up with ChiroTouch. My name is Dr. Ronnie Sims and I'm your host today. Inspiring and advancing the chiropractic profession is what this series is all about. And I love ChiroTouch's heart in this matter. Um, our goal has been and will continue to be bringing you amazing speakers with awesome topics for the sole purpose of helping you become the best version of yourself. We believe that the world needs chiropractors to be at their best now more than ever. And this is our time. I am so excited to have Dr. Kathy Wendland Colby on. I've heard her speak multiple times and I've, I'm always so inspired by you, Kathy. And so you guys are really in for a treat, especially today because we're gonna get nitty gritty on, on how to build your brand and how to build a true marketing machine. And, and, and we're really gonna dive right into that. And so, um, you know, like we always say, we want you to build your dream practice, but also your dream life. We don't want you to build it in spite of a, of a good life. So Kathy, I know you've done that. And so uh, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on, Doc. Oh man, I'm so glad we're together. And so before we get into the episode, I would love for our listeners to get a chance to get to know you a little bit. So I'm just going to ask you a few rapid fire questions and let you kind of go with it. Um, you know, I think for you, it's, I love your story. I, I really enjoyed reading your bio and getting to know you a little bit through that. And um, I love how you just started out as kind of a competitive athlete, aerobics instructor, fitness competitor, and just uh, talk to me about that journey and how that kind of led you toward chiropractic. I was such a high level competitor, always taught aerobics, personal trainer. I was a gymnast all throughout middle school and high school. And I really thought that I was going to go into some kind of fitness based career. And then my whole life got sidetracked when I got hit, literally sideswiped or T-boned, I should say, by a tractor trailer. And in an instant, everything changed. I went from being this high-level fitness competitor and a professional model. I, have, I was actually leaving the photographer's studio after looking over a job that we had just completed for a big swimwear line. And within one mile of his office, got T-boned by a tractor trailer, and my entire life changed. And I went from thinking that I would work in fitness or physical therapy or, or something to do with coaching athletes to not even able to, to bend over and pick up a towel. Wow. So life just changed in an instant. And after going to so many doctors and therapists for almost two years, chiropractic just became this thing that I didn't even really choose. It chose me. And I'm wow. so glad that chiropractic chose me because the way it has affected my life, the, the impact that it's had on the lives that I've been able to help, not only in the office and in the, uh, the schools where I teach, but on stages where I get to speak to people. I think the impact has been so phenomenal and I'm, I'm so glad for the journey that I was on that led me right here. Wow, that's a beautiful story. I love those inflection points that happen in life, like, wow, just quick pivot and, and that you didn't run away from your call. Um, I think that's beautiful. And so what was life like? I think you kind of left there with uh, a life partner, I guess. And then uh, where did you initially start out, Kathy? So when I first graduated, I actually did that internship down in Florida. I was the last student to sign up to do the Florida internship, spent a couple months down there doing that. And at the same time, I was already licensed in New York. As soon as I graduated, I applied for that. So I opened a practice in New York shortly thereafter and opened a practice in Atlanta. And so I was commuting between the two offices in Long Island, New York, and down here in Woodstock, Georgia. And that continued on. Um, 
pretty much until 9-11 kind of changed the ability to travel so easily. And then I had to make a decision. And after spending a couple months down at ground zero, I just had to shut my brain off. I sold my New York practice to, to someone that had come in and was kind of working with me and moved down to Georgia. And this is where my children and I have been. And, and um, it's nice because I'm very close to Life University. So I've been able to get involved with the students, which I had gotten involved with the students many, many years ago before I even began teaching there really just doing philosophy. I was taking the, the students out and doing tick on the trails for a long time and speaking at small events around the community and then got involved with teaching at life and speaking at seminars. And it's just been such an amazing journey that um, I am very blessed to be on, really. Oh, I love that. That's a beautiful story, Kathy. I think it's wonderful. And, and now you're helping you know, so many people um, through your work, you know, and, and in particular women. And I love that you're you're using your leadership, you know, not just in your practice with your own tribe, but also virtually and digitally, but also even in your community with women that are just in any type of business. And kind of tell us what that's been like for you. It kind of started in a, in a very non-planned um, on way, for lack of a better word, you know, it was just a very generic thing that that occurred. When I was pregnant with my son, so many people kept asking me, when are you going to stop working out? When will you stop teaching aerobics? When will you stop adjusting patients? And my standard answer was, I'm not sick, I'm pregnant. And the more I said it, the more I realized that the average person, and this, I'm going back to 2008, 2007, the average person back then really didn't know that there was such a thing as a fit pregnancy, right? There were no fit pregnancy magazines. There was no um, major push to teach people to stay healthy and exercise during their pregnancy. They were actually teaching women that they're frail and they're weak and they need to take it easy and get a lot of bed rest. So I started recording myself working out pregnant and put them on this fairly new technology called YouTube back then that not many people were really using. And I was doing it with a little flip camera that I would position on a table and then run in front of it, make sure I was okay, run back. You know, I didn't even have a tripod at the time and started recording these little videos on flip camera to put them on YouTube, really just for my patients and the members at the gym. And the next thing I know, it takes off and I've got over a million views. And so at that point, I invested in a tripod for my little flip camera <laughs> and, you know, was able to set it up on the beach and whenever I would travel, I would set up and take videos and that led me to uh, the writer of the Chicken Soup books, Mark Victor Hansen. And at the time, I thought I want to write a book. And he said, do not write a book. Everybody writes a book to get an audience. You have the biggest audience of anyone I've ever worked with. Just put it on a website because people need to be able to access your material. And so all of a sudden, this concept became educated pregnancy, which is where we taught millions of women around the world that a healthy mom equals a healthy baby, that you have to take care of yourself, that fitness is not just something that you should do. It's something that you must do and, and right. keeping your body. So we really incorporated the five aspects of health as chiropractors all know. And we incorporated that as, you know, you have to have a proper diet. You have to get adequate and restful sleep. You have to exercise on a daily basis, have a proper mental attitude, and you have to have the mental impulses falling, flowing freely without interference. And this is what we were teaching millions of women around the world for them and their children and their families. Wow. And that has since parlayed into what we call Women's Voices Matter, which was a way of encompassing a lot of other women. I didn't want it to just be about me. So we have a lot of other leaders and speakers and mentors and coaches that contribute and really help out to make sure that we're 
empowering women and the people that they affect. So not it's not just women, right? It's it's their husbands, yeah. it's their yeah. children, it's their co-workers or their colleagues, but empowering them to speak their truth and stand up for what they believe in yeah. and to live a life of purpose that is congruent with who they truly are. Wow, that's beautiful. And what a game changer for communities to empower women. We had kind of been spending some time in our last series on the four practice domains of attraction, conversion, retention, and team building, and how we talked about those like interlocking gears rather than trying to spin plates in the air. And we've had really positive feedback, Dr. Kathy. And so we decided on this particular um, series of episodes that we're going to dive into each of those categories. So we're currently in a series on attraction. And so, um, you know, today we're really going to kind of look at some old school and how that meets new school. I mean, you were doing YouTube inadvertently without even knowing you're building your tribe and you're doing what all the influencers tell you to do now. Right. And you just didn't know any different. And um, but yet you used a lot of old school. And, and so I just love how you built your brand through that and how you leveraged your speaking skills and uh, your knowledge and just to help your community. I think you had a realization that, man, I could help more people by standing up and being this voice. And I just think that's wonderful. So the first question is um, kind of in that context of this fully integrated practice um, from your own experience, kind of tell us how you were able to build your dream practice and also how that's influencing your work at life right now. So I've always been the kind of person who's willing to put myself out there. I'm willing to stand up above the crowd. I'm willing to take the arrows. I'm willing to put my foot in the door and kind of wedge it open to allow other people through. So when I first started the practice here in Woodstock, I did start it with a partner. Um, We really didn't know anybody in the community or I didn't know anybody in the community because I was from New York. I was back here in Woodstock. And I decided that the best way to get to know people was to get involved. And I just started showing up at every type of Uh, business networking opportunity there was, the Chamber of Commerce and the local community business association and the Toastmasters and the Optimists. And and just by showing up and getting to know people and networking, I started finding out like, what are the movers and the shakers doing? And how do you get involved? How do you get your name out there? How do you give so that people are willing to receive, right? How do you engage people with what it is that you have to offer without going out there and be like, give me, give me, give me, but instead here, I'm giving to you. And the more I found, the more that I gave to the community, the more the community was willing to receive from me and then give back. One of the women I met very early on owned one of the local magazines. And on the back cover of every magazine was her full page ad for her real estate company. But inside the magazine, she would write an article every month on how you could sell your house on your own. Hmm. And I thought, this doesn't make sense. You're a real estate agent advertising, but yet you're telling people how to sell the house on their own. And what she said to me over many conversations was, look, I give them so much information so that they understand the process. They learn to trust me. And then they realize, you know what? This seems like a lot of work. Why not use this trusted resource? And that taught me a very valuable lesson about the articles, which I then wrote. And then for many, many years, I wrote articles in five or six local magazines that went out to hundreds of thousands of people in the community and probably wrote these articles for five or six years. And I did the exact same thing. 
I taught them everything that I knew about health and fitness and the nervous system and your body's ability to function and about pregnancy and about natural parenting and about attachment parenting and, and breastfeeding, natural birth. And by sharing so much information and of course, you know, how the body functions and kinesiology and injury care, by sharing so much information it helped position me as a trusted resource or a trusted expert in the community. And so people got to know me, like me, and trust me. And when they decided, oh, this makes sense, I need a chiropractor, who did they turn to? Hmm. They turned to me, they came to our practice. That was the beginning. And then shortly thereafter, we got involved with the community itself doing, uh, like I started a business association. I was the president of another business association. I was the president of the Toastmasters group. And then we got to know the city manager and the Department of Public uh, Recreation. So that parlayed into a major sponsorship that we've been doing since 2008, I believe, been sponsoring everything that goes on in my city. And I'm, I've been the MC. So it's, a, it's an opportunity to get up in front of 10 to 15,000 people every month, be the MC on, on the stage, promote my business and get to know people and have people come up and talk to me afterwards. There's a lot of work that went involved. I don't want anybody to think that this was an overnight success. It was a lot of overnight work, yeah. right? Yeah. A lot of late night work, but it can be done. And when you build it that way, you build it on such a solid foundation, it's going to last. It's not built on one or two flashy videos that your community goes, oh, they look like an expert on social. And then you have nothing to back it up. It's built on years of being involved in the community and giving and holding yourself as um, a trusted resource, but also as a professional. That's beautiful. And it seems like you you kind of took that old school approach, uh, roll up your sleeves, get to know people, but also you were willing to even learn from other professionals like the real estate lady. I mean, what a great lesson, right? And then apply that and work and apply that and work. And now, you know, it's not that you don't do digital, you do great digital stuff, but I love what you said there, how your digital sits on a foundation of just blood, sweat, and tears of hard work, interacting with people, those meetings, you're like, I don't want to go to this meeting, but you just go there, you put your game face on. I just love that. <laughs> Very impressive. Um, so let's- Years. Years yeah, now, now, how are you able to, are you able to um, impart some of that wisdom into the students that you're with at life? Do you talk about these things with them? It's interesting because the, the, the business class that I teach is one of the last classes that they take before they graduate. And I've been very honored and very blessed and, and just very blown away by the, the comments that I get, the feedback that I get, the amount of students that reach out to me years after they've taken the class and say, you know, I really learned a lot in the class, basically what I do is I answer every question that the students have ever had. Anything that they say, nobody's ever taught me this, we handle that. And mm -hmm. we talk about when to begin marketing your practice, how to find your ideal location, how to really set yourself up in a community where you want to be, you know, how to practice on vacation so you're not always looking to get out of town. Yeah. And how to how to have the life and the practice of your dreams. And we really talk about the the practical aspects of what do you need to do to become that person in your community? And do you want to be that person? Because let's be honest, not everybody wants to run a practice. There are definitely people who want to come out from school and get an associate position. And that's what they want for the rest of their lives. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. They just don't want the stress and the overhead and the having to train staff and deal with staff. They'd rather be part of the team yes. than the leader of the team. And I think 
for anyone in any profession, whatever you do, the number one thing that is going to lead you to success or not is honesty with yourself. Hmm. And when you're honest with yourself about who you are and what you really enjoy doing and what you want to do and what you're willing to push yourself into, you're going to be a lot more successful than if you say, well, I have to do this because this is what I was supposed to do, or this is what it looks like you're supposed to do. And I've, I've had people that were in that situation around me for many, many years that, that, you know, kept up an appearance because that's what they wanted to Hmm. look like, but it's not who they really were. And ultimately they ended up hurting everybody around them and it's, and it's detrimental. So I think if you could just look yourself in the mirror and have a really good, hard look in the mirror and say, who am I? And what is it that I really want to do? And how do I want to contribute to this world? Do I want to serve at a super high level? Do I want to show up, do my job, get a paycheck and go home? Do I want to give it all every day, every chance? Do I want to make sure that when I'm laying on my deathbed, I look back over my life and say, my knowledge my education, my experience, I gave it away and made the world a better place. And if that's who you are, then absolutely go out and do all of that stuff. Get involved in your community. You know, the best time to start marketing was yesterday. The second best time to start marketing is right now. And it never stops, no matter how long you're in business. Wow, that is beautiful. Man, I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about all this. But um, And I think that's great, Doc, um, that introspection of, you know, so often in our world, we're always trying to be who we think others want us to be rather than being our true self. And I just think that you do that with the students is so important. I want to duplicate you and put you at every chiropractic school. Um, and, and back to this whole building your brand. I mean, if I, if I if I flew into Woodstock and went around and started meeting people and talking, I, I'm sure everybody knows you. You're probably the uh, de facto mayor, I'm guessing. But um um, and again, just one more question that kind of ties into that, you know, and you, you already kind of touched on this, but what are your thoughts on this social media driven world and these young doctors, that's all they think you need to do. And, you know, they're doing, trying to get these get rich quick schemes, you know, and I just, um, you know, where's a good start for them, you know, in terms of this roll up your sleeve and I mean, maybe it's attending a meeting, whatever, but what would be a good start for a doc who's not used to that, who's been living in this virtual world? Um, what would you say to them? I think that everything has value. I really do. I don't think that there's an end-all be-all of any aspect in life, whether it comes to food or fitness or or finances or philosophy or or really like, you know, promoting your business. I don't think there's one magic bullet ever. And I think the more that you um, kind of touch the bases that are congruent with who you are, then the more likely you have that solid foundation. Unfortunately, I've seen way too many students come out and build a social presence, but there's no backing behind it. Yeah. Either they've never practiced or they practiced and failed out of practice or they're struggling in practice, but yet their social media presence. Look, we could all make a beautiful social media presence if we want to, but real world is different. And if their social media presence looks so perfect and they're attracting people and they're not telling you about the bumps and the bruises and the flaws, they're just telling you how wonderful and perfect their life is. And they're attracting people through that aspect, but they haven't put the work in, they haven't put the time in, they haven't built the practice, they haven't hit the pitfalls and learned how to overcome the obstacles, then they become these kind of social media gurus that 
really don't have a lot of back behind them. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll tell you a short story because I did meet one of these people in one of my international travels speaking at a different seminar. And I sat and had a meal with this person and said, you know, like, tell me, how did you, wh- what did you do? How did you get to where you are? And this person actually said, I failed in practice. I opened another practice. I failed in that one. And so I brought associates on to try to help me pay the rent. And I got one speaking engagement that I had asked for. And I hired a company to follow me around, videotape me. And then I used these videos in all different avenues to make it look like I was a big speaker. And I sat there like with my mouth probably on the table going, you are admitting that you're essentially a fraud. And this is how you got your start. And the story continued that like they had to go back because the associates failed the practice. And so that second practice completely failed. So they had to make this speaking gig work and became this social media guru. And, and I feel bad for the people who got coached by this social media guru because you couldn't make your practices work. And now you're teaching other people not from your failure, what not to do, but you're almost saying like, look, you could be big, big and successful like me, but you didn't have success. Wow. And with a, a history of over 30 years teaching group fitness, I've always said you wouldn't go to an aerobics instructor that can't get in shape <laughs> because if it's not working for that person, how's it going to work for you? Right. So I think authentically you want your doctor of chiropractic to portray a level of health to portray a level of knowledge, to portray a level of experience. And your community is looking for someone who walks the walk, talks the talk, doesn't just have a beautiful social media presence, but actually lives congruently in that community and lives the life that they talk about. They're not out in public smoking and drinking every single time you see them. They're not out in public getting wasted and, you know, doing doing outlandish things that aren't in character with someone that we hold in high esteem as a professional. You can have a good time. I'm not saying that, but you want someone who conducts themselves as a professional that I could trust you to take care of my children. Mm. Right. And that's what your community is really looking for. They're looking for someone that they can know, like and trust that they can establish a relationship with, that they can not just come in once or twice as a Band-Aid, but that they can build their family's health within your office. And the more you position yourself that way and the more you position yourself as a place that people can come back to to receive the same quality care and you're delivering the same message that is congruent with who you are and what you stand for, the more your community is going to connect with you, stay engaged with you, resonate with you, share your message with other people. And I think the the easier it will be for you to build a well-established practice of patients who get what you do, come in, stay, pay, and refer. What you basically just said there is you built your practice on a rock-solid foundation you didn't build it on the sand by the seashore. And I think so many of these docs are doing that because they've never been taught. So kind of as an extension to that kind of concept back to the building it on solid ground, how important is just your flow as far as the procedural interlocking gear aspect of practice? And how has that created, you know, just your own process? How has that created a new patient juggernaut for you? Being able to be so visible in the community, I think has really helped us because there are times when I've been in a restaurant and somebody comes up to me and will say, Dr. Kathy, I just wanted to say hi. I see you at so many events. I go to another chiropractor down the street, but I, I appreciate that you are always here. You're always putting out good information. 
We just had our first concert last week for the first time since COVID, right? So in, in almost two years. Um, and it, it was such a great feeling because as soon as I got off the stage and started walking to, you know, where I was going to go meet some people, I was stopped by so many people that would say, Dr. Kathy, it's so good to see you. It's been so long. And a lot of these people, I may not particularly know on a one-on-one -on -one basis, but they've seen me and I've seen them in the community. And when you really want to build a lasting business, and it doesn't matter if it's chiropractic or if it's coaching or if it's a restaurant or if it's a gas station, when you want to build a lasting business that is not dependent on that new patient merry-go-round, but it's it's constantly bringing new people in, but keeping the ones that you have, you really have to have that presence. You have to have that congruency with this is who we are. This is what we stand for. And this is how we do things. And we want to do them better so we can attract more people, but we don't want to just attract people for a one-time new patient exam, or maybe a one-time new patient exam and an adjustment. We want to attract them to a better way of living and a better way of life so that they and their families can benefit. A lot of doctors I meet struggle and lack confidence in the area of public speaking. So I want to ask you a question about that. But also, what? Um, how did you pivot with some of your speaking and special events that you normally do? Obviously, the concerts were shut down. But um, what did you do different during this last year and a half? And then what advice would you give doctors as far as how to – because some people might be a good public speaker. They just don't know it yet. So what would be some advice you'd give them as a first start on that? So I'll tell you how I pivoted because I normally travel 150,000 air miles a year. Wow. I normally speak about 120 to 140 times a year between webinars and, and Facebook lives and live events, you know, all the big seminars and then emceeing concerts. So I'm constantly speaking to and continuing it. I'm constantly traveling. And all of a sudden, one day, Friday the 13th, the world shut down for all of us, but my entire travel schedule stopped. I used that time to just make incredible new memories with my children and doing a lot more of this online speaking. So for me, I've been on stages since I'm 17 years old. I started teaching aerobics at 17. I started doing corporate fitness when I wasn't even out of high school yet. I wasn't even old enough to be in these businesses, really. So for me to get on a stage is completely normal. I thrive on it. There's no butterflies. There's the opposite of butterflies. There's like, yes, let's go. I'm alive now. One of the things I teach people is if you're going to get up on stage and you're going to speak, have an idea of, number one, who you're speaking to, what matters to them, what are their values, and where do you fit in with what you have to say? Because you can get up and talk about chiropractic all day long to a group of toddlers that don't even understand the English, lang the, the English language yet, and it's just going to go right over their head. Or you could talk about fitness to people who are completely interested in a cigar bar and it's not going to hit. They're not interested in it. But if you're able to understand who is my audience, what are their values and where do I fit into that? And then you can craft a conversation that's meaningful to them. It's not about me. Don't get up and give your life story. Don't get up and talk all about me, me, me. These kind of interviews are kind of awkward because there are questions about me and I'm not the kind of person to talk about me. I like to talk about you. So when I get on stage, I talk about you and how what I am speaking about relates to you and your family and your coworkers and your colleagues and, and how this can benefit you. And if you remember that it's their interest, not yours, you will do so much better because all of us think it's just human. We think what's in it for me. Yeah. But when you're speaking, 
It's not what's in it for me. It's their interest, not yours. And if you could just get that little aspect before you speak, if you could get that down so solidly, you might mess up when you speak the first time and you'll probably mess up the 10th time and you'll probably say the wrong word the 15th time. And by the 30th time, you'll get a little bit better at it. And by the 50th time, you're better. And by the 10,000th time, you're pretty darn good. Get up there 100,000 times in your lifetime, you'll be amazing. And if if you're not comfortable or you don't know what to say, then find a coach that's going to help you pull out your authentic message, not my message. You don't want to speak like me. You want to speak like you. Okay. You can use a coach like me, but make sure the coach that you use is going to teach you how to authentically speak your message, not theirs. That's so important. But really, the, the work comes in the preparation yeah. of your lifetime. What led you to this moment to be able to deliver this information and then knowing your audience so well that you can get up and deliver something that they need to hear. Wow. Hey, and I've been the benefactor of that. I've heard you speak on um, live stages and I I think I I would guess that that's probably your favorite group to speak to is principled chiropractors because absolutely. Yeah. I can just tell, man, your, your juices are flowing and you're so excited and um, it just comes across so authentic and, and, and what you said, and, and I, you kind of nailed it for me when I hear you speak in that type of setting is it is about me. You're talking to me. It's like, how did she know I was dealing with that? I just love that about you. And, and that's such a key nugget right there. Um, one last question. I know we're running out of time. We could go on for hours on this. Um, you know, this whole thing of a procedurally sound practice, um, you've created a real referral culture. And I get the outside in, you do the concerts, you public speak, you put yourself out there, you're outside a lot. But once they're in there, they're with you. Um, what are just a couple of little tips, and we'll close with this, that you could give some docs on the call today of how to just create this culture of referrals in your practice? I think the most important thing of all is to understand that while you may see 100 patients today, you may see 1,000 patients today, you may see 10 patients today, for that patient, that one patient, you are the only chiropractor they're seeing today. And you have to remember that this is not just a routine job. You're not just twisting screws onto bolts and it's not just another screw that you're twisting. This is this person's life that they're trusting you with. And so when they are underneath you, you may see a hundred, but they are the only one that matters. And so when they're underneath your hands, other people walking by don't matter. The phone's ringing don't matter. Someone in the next room over trying to have a conversation with you, let them wait till it's their turn. Give that patient your full and undivided attention. Now, when there's little babies and their kids are running around underneath them, is it completely easy to give them 100% attention? No, but that's when you incorporate the kids into doing the adjustments with you. But if you if you first and foremost give your patient your full and undivided attention, it makes them feel special. It makes them feel like they are the only one that matters. And that feeling is so empowering to people when they feel like, wow, my doctor really cares about me. My doctor goes out of the way for me. They will go out of their way to do things for you. And that Hmm. might mean bringing your business cards to a lunch that they're going to or telling their coworkers about you or bringing their family in. But they'll also look to you as their resource, as their respected doctor. That's first and foremost. If you get that right, I think so many other things will be easier. And then when you're with them, don't make the conversation, you know, how do you feel today? What about the weather? What about, you know, this, that, and the other thing? 
How are you functioning? Have you been sleeping since you're under care? You seem to be walking better. You look great. I saw you walking in. You're walking so much better. You look like you're standing up better. Talk about function more than feeling, and you'll get a better reaction from that. And here's what I would say. If you deal in a pain model, you have two outcomes. The pain goes away and they go away. The pain doesn't go away and they go away. So either way, you're going to lose the patient. But if you deal in a function model, you're going to have a much better outcome because they're going to understand it's not about pain. It's about my my body functioning at a better level. It's not how I feel. It's how I heal. And with that mentality, if you're speaking into that mentality when they're in your office on a regular basis, they start to understand this is a long-term game here. This is like, we're not just here for onesie twosies, just like going to the gym. You're going to go for as long as you want to stay healthy. You're going to keep coming in for as long as you want to stay healthy. And that applies to your children, your coworkers, your colleagues, your friends, your family members, you know, anyone that you know, people in the groups that you go to. Now, once you have those things down, figure out who is your ideal patient and target them. If you love the mom and the dad that are running kids to different sports and they're dropping kids off at your office and two parents, you know, the parent and two kids are going that way and the other parents going with one kid this way. If that's your kind of people, then you need to understand what makes them tick. What are their values? Where do they go? What do they do? What are they involved in? And how do you get to more people like that? And that's how you start to build a referral based practice because you're speaking into the value systems of your avatar, of your ideal patient, of the people you want to attract. Wow. Okay. I'm ready to start over, man. No, that is so good. I, I tell you that that just speaks volumes into that young doctor right now who's struggling out there as far as those kind of three keys, you know, and I get it, man, focus on the person you're with and get out of that pain model and get into the function model and then figure out your ideal avatar and, and learn their everything you can about them. Oh, so good. I, I was taking notes. I love it. I wish we had more time. I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to do this. I know you love helping chiropractors. And when we asked you to do this, you didn't even hesitate. And I just love that about you. (laughs) And so we're going to for sure have you back on. And so for those of you that took the time today to tune into this, I just want to um, applaud you and encourage you and say time spent on personal development like this is never wasted time. This is valuable time. And what you learned from Kathy today will completely change your trajectory of your life and your practice. I also want to thank ChiroTouch for their um, desire to do a podcast like this that's really all about you guys, um, just like Kathy talked about. And I think the, uh, the spirit behind this is just to love on and help our beloved profession. Now is our time, guys. This is our time to rise and shine in this ever confusing times. And so thank you, ChiroTouch. And again, my name is Dr. Ronnie, and I just want to thank you for tuning in. And I want to make sure that you stay healthy and make sure you're staying well-adjusted. Have a great day, you guys.